All right, chapsticks. So we're going to go with- Yay, yay, yay. Yay, and that's another thing that we're working on is what do we call our fans? Chapsticks is yeah. a new one that just came up and that's a good one. Yeah, today you're chapsticks. All right, so for all the chapsticks out there, Katie, <laughs> let's go back to chapter one and do right. a little recap. Okay, so here's how this is going to work. I'm just going to briefly do like a log line for chapters one and two, and then feel free to, as an improv person would say, yes, and me. Okay? Yes. Nobody. Okay. All right, let's do this. Okay, so chapter one introduces our heroine star. (laughs) Our, I would say so. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking, is that the best way to do Dev, I mean, yeah, she's the star of the book. Her name is Veronica Bermonico. She, in chapter one, is extremely confident, extremely good at her job. This is her 16th case. She's a detective. She's good at her job, but... In a passionate lovemaking moment, she is busted by her boss, Detective Enriquez, Mm -hmm. and told that, first of all, she's gone wildly over budget on her last case, which she has a habit of doing, that she's (laughs) always spending way more money than she should on these cases. She solves them. She does a good job. But man, does she spend some money. And guess what else? We find out that she has a husband and five children. And she hasn't seen them for at least six weeks. But instead of rushing home to go see them, she is lovemaking with a person and getting spa treatments in a hotel. And it's spicy as hell. Mm. And then we find out when she does finally go home in chapter two that she is filthy rich. We're talking like great Gatsby rich, like imagine the richest person and that's her. Kardashian rich? No, richer. Richer, you guys, richer. That doesn't even scratch the surface. That's child's play to Veronica (laughs) Romanico. Yet she still works hard as as a very successful detective spending excessive amounts of money. So she goes home and her home is extravagant. Um, she has a dinosaur, a tyrani- a tr- an actual dinosaur. That's how rich she is. She drives a real fancy Tesla. I'm not much of a Tesla nut, so I don't know the name of it, but it's like a real fancy Tesla. Martin knows. Martin knows. Mm. It's, a, it's a super Tesla X. Okay. And that and that's a very fancy one, huh? Mm, yeah, pretty, yeah. Pretty fancy. <laughs> pretty fancy. And when she gets to her house she also hears from her boss enriquez that she is going to be put on another case not the one that he was planning on putting on her on not the 17th case but the 18th case which is finding her family because her family is not at home where she was expecting them to be her husband and five kids have gone missing and now she is the detective being put on the case to go find them. Katie, excellent. That. Thank you. I tried to make it brief. Yeah, we also, that is great. Chapter two is when we're first introduced to Philip. That's so important. 
that's so important it wasn't but it turns in yeah it turns into yeah and that yeah. that's a really good point like we didn't know if that was going to be kind of like a throwaway thing or not because we, she has a tendency of overspending on her while she's trying to solve these cases but she also has a tendency to fall in love maybe fall in love but definitely have sex with yeah i think it's more that yeah i definitely <laughs> yeah. have sex with the people who are involved the, the 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 possible criminals in these cases one of them being sir philip that's really good katie that kind of gives us the opportunity to point out patterns we see within the story right the 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 physical properties of um, Veronica too is that she is four foot eleven, has a prosthetic hand, a limp that she got from having sex with Philip through the plexiglass in a squad car. And she gets a tattoo every single time that she closes a case, right? And she has a birthmark. Oh, and she has a birthmark in in the shape of Pennsylvania on her face. Um so the patterns here are that she has sex fairly willy-nilly <laughs> with um suspects and uh just people she works with as well we're not sure if she has an open marriage or if she's cheating uh but hopefully that will get resolved at some point and she takes a um token from every crime scene um that we learned about in chapter four i believe or five chapter five we learned about her taking tokens from every um every case that she has but yes she even makes a reference in a future chapter to having sex with some amish guy and it's really she just considers it part of her job um another pattern with her personality is that she is really she's overly confident and like deservingly confident because she is very good at her job, but like she's unapologetic and seems to have no remorse for her actions. And sometimes we've talked about how that can be like a, an admirable quality of like, fuck, like she does not give two shits. Like she is just unapologetically herself, but it has the further the book has gone on, the more chapters that we have read, the more that the, this quality becomes um, pretty narcissistic and pretty damaging to the people around her. Yeah, very true. Very true. In um, chapter three, written by Amanda Blake Davis, we are introduced for the first time to the Russian. And the Russian is the guy who is keeping her five kids and her husband hostage um there are six hostages all tied to bentwood chairs and surprise surprise they are the family of veronica this is also when we are introduced to carmen plato and her tesla y so carmen plato is a uh, another detective who has an awesome uh braid of red hair <laughs> who is also a detective who is put on the case with veronica and Veronica has this really interesting relationship with her where they're in competition all the time, but they were also ex-lovers. So we get a little background on them and how they like to antique and this little tiff they have about whether or not Charlie Brown has the catchphrase of good grief or not. Mm-hmm. But she does, right? Yeah. Yeah. She does. Everybody <laughs> knows that. Everybody knows that. Every single person knows that. Also, the Russian at the beginning mm-hmm. of this chapter who 
we don't know a ton about in chapter three. We find out a little bit more about him later, but he seemed to have, he took an improv class that really affected <laughs> him. Like it was a really negative experience for him. And as a bunch of improv nuts and improv heads like we are, that really tickled us and still does. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. That's so funny. Also, for those of you who don't know, this whole the whole reason we see Bentwood chairs over and over and the reference that Amanda Blake Davis made to these Bentwood chairs is that the we should put a picture up on Instagram of what Bentwood chairs are because this is a classic improv chair, <laughs> which is so stupid. <laughs> But it's also a big with Second City, Second City in Chicago. All it's part of their logo. It's are these mm-hmm. Bentwood chairs. Um, so that was a little wink to anybody from Second City or in general the improv community. Um, that whole uh, Bentwood chair thing. Or in cabaret. Oh, yeah. Ever seen Cabaret? <laughs> Ever seen then Cabaret? You've seen a, then you've seen a Bentwood chair, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And if you he... haven't seen Cabaret, why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Um, All right, so Jamie Moyer brought us Chapter 4, and she took us on that wild ride at the fairgrounds. So we this was a whole chapter dedicated to, at the time, what we had no clue what the relevance was to the rest of the story. But she introduced us to these fairgrounds and a character named Dex Wadler, who is running the fair and has been described. Martin, how would you describe Dex Wadler? <laughs> uh, sweaty. Yep. Pear shaped. Yep. Uh, what was the other What was the other adjective? <sighs> they were not sweaty, good. Sweaty, pear shaped. I'll tell you this much. They weren't good. Which is why it's a surprise in chapter five or six that Veronica like is extremely attracted to him. Yes. But yes, all of his descriptions are not good. Jamie goes into excruciatingly gorgeous detail in this chapter about the fairgrounds. In fact, what we have not talked about that much, which was so funny, was the system for knowing where your car was in the parking lot. Remember, it was like Christie Alley's Alley. Yeah, it was all like weird oh, celebrity right. monikers yes. to find your yes. car at the end of the day. But what we find out <laughs> at the end of it is that under this very specific ride called the Curse Condo, that is where Veronica's family is being held by the Russians. Yes, just the one Russian. Well, as far as we know. Oh, yes. I assume they're always working in tandem. <laughs> um. Chapter five, written by Kate Duffy. We're moving on. So at this point, at this point, there are a few characters who have a little bit fallen by the wayside. Ooh, like, Can I mention one thing before please. you go? We also, because we were talking about this earlier, chapter four is also where it literally says across the country. Yes. Uh, yeah. From so, where Veronica originated. Yeah. So we got is this, where the fair is. Correct. So we got this great text from Jamie one day where it was like, was it across the country or across the county? Well, Jamie, we're here to tell you it was across the country. <laughs> 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 That's what was written. Um, so <clears throat> Captain Enriquez, we haven't seen much of. He helped paint um, a new par- parking spot for Carmen Plato um, when she arrived to help. And... 
at this point, we don't know much about her kids, her husband, because they've all been kidnapped. Nobody was at the house. And the guy that she arrested in the first chapter, I, I was always so curious if he was ever going to come back and make any sort of uh, appearance, Thad. But no, Thad just went to jail, and nobody has heard of him since. So yep. that's Thad. That's so far. All right, so chapter five written by Kate Duffy. This is when we introduced hashtag lesbian car chase. Yes. Because why in the world they didn't get in the same car when they're working on the same case and going to the same place? It's totally They can't stand me. each other. Well, yes, but that's like the classic partner, like moonlighting, right? Like, of course they can't stand each other. It's like, yeah. Well, we'll have um, to ask Duffy because apparently yeah. she feels like if you don't like somebody, you don't get in a car with them. All right, girl. Um, so she ever is like, no, I'll take my own car, Martin. You know that uh, <laughs> she feels about you. So they started their, their um, we call it a car chase, but really they were just two people going to one location who got competitive on the way there, right? Like they weren't yes. really, because Carmen had yeah. a Tesla Y and she was jealous. And um, so Veronica is really kind of stewing on all these things while she's driving, none of which are her imperiled family. <laughs> she. This is our first reference to Elon Musk. That Carmen Plato had a little affair with him where they were 69ing in the anti-gravity room. And uh, Veronica was jealous, right? Yeah, she was. Yeah. Okay. And that's not a side of her that we see too much. Mm -hmm. It's usually like, usually she's not the one um, reciprocating love. And it seems like maybe... Carmen has the upper hand sometimes in their relationship. And is it just purely like, could she give two shits about Elon Musk and it's purely just competition? Yeah. You I know? think it, yeah. that's what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't we'll think ask, yeah. we'll ask Elon when we have him on the show. Um, uh, and she introduced us to the buddies and the littlest buddy. So Veronica can't remember her children's names. So she calls them all buddy, but the littlest buddy, the youngest one is the one she is closest with. And he has a birthmark like hers on his face. In fact, at the end of this ep episode, yep, this is when we uh, his face starts to uh, his birthmark starts to glow. Mm -hmm. um, so we know they're kind of connected. Um, Veronica gets in a terrible car crash trying to pass Carmen on the road because um, she almost got hit by an Amazon Prime truck because now Amazon Prime delivers packages in 30 minutes or less. Because <laughs> now Amazon Prime delivers packages in 30 minutes or less. See, that we should be our sponsor at this point, really. Uh, <laughs> Amazon. Um, or, or Cartier, because yes. Kate also introduced us to this whole uh, token thing that she does on every gig. So she took an $80,000 Cartier watch. From her last one of her one of her last jobs so if cartier if you're out there and you want to sponsor us we wouldn't say no we have a huge trust fund population out there that are um chap nuts so trust fund angels <laughs> oh all right so that's the hashtag traffic hashtag hashtag trust fund, <laughs> hashtag trust fund angels <laughs> that's an inside joke that is not an inside joke you guys because it's been mentioned in this podcast before about my belief and this i could do 
1,400 podcasts just about this subject that Please trust fund babies are smart because when they were angels in heaven, before they were born, they made a choice to be a trust fund baby. And I think that's smart. And I admire them. And yeah. some people don't like that opinion, but I stand. Uh, that some people, she means me. <laughs> <laughs> and and probably almost everybody listening to this except for my mom who would be like she's right those trust fund babies really got it does katie does your mom listen to the show no <laughs> <laughs> no she doesn't know i mean she knows what a po- that a podcast exists but every time like anytime i've talked to her about it, she's like you know what i've never listened to a podcast and i'm like well it's pretty easy and i like showed her and she's like ah. I don't okay. <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> see that interest. My dad is so sweet. I was talking to him about it and he's like, Well, I I'm gonna listen. And I go, Do you know how to listen? He goes, I have no idea where to even start. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, Do you want me to listen? And I go, I don't know, because I think I'll gonna be thinking my dad is listening to this, so I have to edit what I what I say. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It's like um He's very uh, conservative, so he, that was really sweet. He's like, but I want you to have more listeners and subscribers. And I was like, well, tell everybody you know, <laughs> but don't feel like you have to listen to it. That was really kind. Oh, that yeah, is sweet. Nice. That's supportive. Yeah. Katie, do you want to tell that awesome story about your dad <laughs> and you're nursing your baby? <laughs> oh, no. you know, oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> I do you want me to? I will. Only if you're comfortable sharing. Of course, of course. So I don't even know why we were talking about this one day, but um, my parents are also extremely conservative. Um, I would, I breastfed until my daughter was like 14 months. Oh my God, I thought you were going to say four. Okay, keep going. (laughs) I'm still doing it. Um, I will, honestly, I would if I could, but uh, until she was like 14 months. And so, um, Anyway, but like early on, like my parents came out uh, and visited while she was like really little, like just a couple days old. And um, my dad at one point, like we, I, I was pumping as well as breastfeeding. And my dad, like, <laughs> I, I didn't do it in front of my dad because I knew that that would make him uncomfortable and I didn't want to deal with that. Uh, and there was like a bottle of milk on the, whatever, on the counter or whatever. And my dad's like, um is this mother's milk? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> what is he talking about? Because he couldn't say breast. He couldn't say breast to me. He couldn't oh, say breast milk. Dad, so, he, so he called it nursing. He's like, are you nursing the baby? And he would call it mother's milk. Mother's <laughs> milk. I know. Oh, dads. Yeah. So anyway, neither of my parents are listening to this podcast. <laughs> It's safe to say neither of yours are either, Martin, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. For different reasons. (laughs) We don't need to go into that. (laughs) We're not going to touch that. Let's move on to chapter six. (laughs) I'll do chapter six. Yay. And then you guys can, can add on. Uh, Chapter six, we find out that uh, Veronica has a middle name. Mm. Veronica Victoria Vermonico. Um, then we find out a little bit about Veronica's past, uh, that she grew up poor. Um, 
It mentions her mom. Does it mention something specific about her mom? Just that her mom was a waitress at Hooligans. And, you know, that I think she was just trying to make ends meet and doing her best. Right. And they were really close when they were little. Yeah, and her mother's name was Virginia. Yeah. So they called themselves like W, right? Because the two V's put together made a W. And then they had a a neighbor named Mabel. (laughs) (laughs) And this is also where we uh, are introduced to the fact that Veronica's favorite show was Cagney and Lacey. And that might probably have uh, influenced her choice of careers. Um, She also started smoking at this time when she was a kid. Um, Probably early teens, right? I hope at least. Yeah. Um, Then we go back to present day and she um, she's in the car, the wreckage of the car, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, door open. Yeah, she can't get the door open and uh she is we we are, are told that there's 25 hours left of the initial 48 hours where um you have 48 hours to solve a crime or like to make to to really make headway on a crime and she there so she's 23 hours into that 48 hours there's 25 hours left yeah um the airbags deploy well after the wreck. <laughs> Thanks, Tesla. Yeah. Um, uh, then she she gets the door open, but with a code word. Was that what it was? No, the Tesla Y can open with a, a code word, and she was super pissed she didn't have the Tesla <laughs> Y because then she could have just said words and it would open. But she just kicked it open out at some point. Okay. All right. And then. When she kicks it open, she realizes that she's close to the fairgrounds. Mm. The lights twinkled in the background of the fairgrounds. Yes. And so she goes to the fairground, and who does she see there Mm -mm, but her mm. old high school flame, Dex Wadler. Dex Wadler, her first lover. Yes. And he is a pear-shaped, sweaty man. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, every visual we've gotten of this guy is not sexually attractive. And well, yet... pretty much the description of almost every guy <laughs> has been not particularly Yeah, there attractive. hasn't been like a hot nope. dude description. Nope. Well, I mean, maybe uh, Rob Janice next week will bring us some hot dudes. <laughs> it's what he's known for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, anything else I missed from that chapter? Um, at the very end of the chapter, there's one thing where she hears a scream. Oh, and yes. Dex says, I'm sorry about the goats. And then she thinks, I swear in the penny saver, I saw they're not having goats this year. So what was that scream? So upon reflection, as we're going back, I'm kind of obsessed with this moment because... If it was really in the paper that there will be no goats this year and there's a scream, does is Dex in on this if he blames mm-hmm. it on the goats? Because he knows there are no goats. So he's covering something. Or, or is he just – because in this chapter they talk about how he's trying to get her to go over and, and see stuff and he's really into her. And is he just like so distracted by yeah, him right. wanting to like get alone time with her that he – And he he's really trying to get her over to the cursed – 
kind of. He really is. He keeps saying, like, let's go over there and, and take a look at it. Yeah. It's a little but... sus to bring that oh, back. Oh, good one. Nice. <laughs> good one, Martini. And that chapter was written by Celeste Pekosh. Um, yeah. Uh, then we move on to chapter seven, written by Molly Erdman, with our favorite uh, reference central to Donna Karen High School or Donna Karan. Um, <laughs> As Karan. She... Oh, I'm sorry, Donna Karan. Karan. It's Donna Karan. <laughs> <laughs> it's Donna. Yeah, Karan. I think Molly introduced that he wanted to give this personal tour of the cursed condo. Um. Oh, and there were some really good references to how um, Dex Wadler in high school w was always hosting events, right? Mm -hmm. And um, our favorite was the lemonade stand. 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 <laughs> the lemonade stand stand. A stand by the side of the road that sold lemonade stands. <laughs> um, and then we see Carmen. She comes out of a um, out of a, uh, a porta potty. Because this whole time I've been like, you saw this girl crash. Mm -hmm. How heartless are you that you would not make sure she's okay? But when we went back and read the chapter, we realized that she wasn't actually coming to check on Veronica. She was still following the case. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, Veronica, you followed me here or something like that. Right. Am I getting that right? And yep. And so she wasn't like, are you okay from that almost deadly crash you had? She's pretty cold. Yeah, they do not have a, they, I don't know how they ended up in a sexual relationship. They do not like each other. No. They are not kind to each other. No. And they had some hateful lovemaking. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> yeah, some people are into that. No judgment. Oh, yeah. No, no judgment. Are you into that? Hit us up on Instagram. Tell us about, <laughs> Tell us about hateful lovemaking. Um, why am I saying lovemaking? Gross. Because I said lovemaking like a thousand times at the beginning of this. And you did. Oh, you yeah. did. You did. You did. They, have, yeah. they would feed each other their mother's milk. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're, is that all from? Yeah. Dex, what did I say? Dex wants to give what? Oh, I don't know what. Oh, personal mean. tour. He wants to give her a personal yes. tour. Yes. He's really into that. He really wants to give her a personal tour. Uh, chapter eight was Nikki Margolis. Oh my gosh, yes. And, and she... it starts with mm -hmm. the Russian's fingers on the floor. And guess who put them there? The littlest buddy. Yes. Who is six and three quarters years old. And a personality a lot like his mother, Veronica's. Mm -hmm. Yes. He basically says, like, his dad was his dad kind of chastises him. It's like, you shouldn't have cut off his fingers. He's like, who else was gonna do it? He he yep. knew he had to be the one. He also talks about how he is always the entertainer of the family, putting on little shows, the opener and the headliner at uh, certain uh, functions and events around the the house and beyond. Mm -hmm. Then the, oh my gosh, then her husband, who is still named husband at this point, goes in and starts 
this circle of trust so everybody yes. can share their feelings yes and they they use the, one of the russian's fingers as a talking, talking stick talking yeah, stick piece exactly and basically this husband that we've all grown to really hate which is funny because he's actually probably the kindest person in this entire <laughs> book he actually might be the kindest person and for some reason we hate his guts <laughs> <laughs> yeah he reminds me of like toby on the office if you guys remember that oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. like there's absolutely nothing wrong with him at all but he's the most hated person in the book mm-hmm because he starts this whole circle of trust thinking that he knows something about something, but he's just kind of repeating some stuff he heard at a PTA meeting. Yeah. Know what he's doing. No, he does not. He doesn't but know what he's doing. Through this circle of trust, we find out that the Russian has an attachment to one person named Philip. Yeah, that was a huge moment. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Huge. And just to remind you, Philip is the person that Veronica has a lovemaking session with in the cop car in chapter two, and she's hung up on him. Yeah. There's often, there's references throughout this where she'll just whisper to herself, Philip. We don't mm -hmm. know why. Why? What's going on? She's like, Oh my gosh, think about this guy. She wrapped up a case. She's starting a new case. Then this other case comes up of her whole family being missing. She sees this old first love of her she's super attracted to. She sees this old ex-lover that she's hateful with. And still, still her brain has space for Philip. Mm -hmm. She's still thinking about Philip. And the Russian guy too. And the um, Russian guy. Yes. You know, he his fingers are on the floor and he's thinking of Philip. That's a great point. Great Point, which brings us to chapter nine written by Nikki Lindgren Moran. And that was all about Philip and where Philip came from and how he was a boy named Randy living in Iowa. Nebraska. Iowa? Nebraska. Nebraska. Nebraska, sorry. Never say that to I'm, someone my, from Iowa. I am offended. Sorry, am offended. Katie. That's okay. Do you know one time we took a road trip from uh, Michigan to Los Angeles and we stopped in Nebraska and I go uh, at a restaurant and I said what's your vegetable of the day and with like a look of pure depression the waitress <laughs> goes corn it's always corn that's what they have in, that's what they have in Nebraska it's corn. corn they're called the corn huskers it's always corn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you laugh? No, oh. she did. I felt very sad. I, I almost put her in the trunk and was like, let me rescue you. And take you. You're not happy. Um, all right. So, yeah. So they're in Nebraska and um, the mom, there's the dad Emerald, who's clearly very Christian and doesn't like all this crazy talk about past lives. Right. But the mom is insistent that their son, Randy, is the reincarnation of Sir Philip Sidney, who we found out is a real human. Mm -hmm. um and he was kind of a prolific poet and and all that jazz <laughs> that goes along with that literary <laughs> critic yes um 
and he was uh and the quote that she used yeah is a real quote of his that's right martin uh, reminded me of that that she said thy necessity is greater than mine is a quote of sir philip sydney that they attribute actually like it's kind of a testament to his generosity or kindness um because they say that he was wounded or something and there was another wounded soldier and he gave him his water if i'm remembering that correctly because thy necessity is greater than mine he was referring to the other person what a giver mm -hmm. um which takes he us... died that day by the way oh sorry yeah he's no, dead he... <laughs> <laughs> he really should have kept that water he should have yeah been. you know what would have kept him alive a little sip of water he is not a trust fund baby <laughs> no <laughs> i don't know but that that name sir philip sydney that's a trust fund name if i ever heard one for sure um which takes us to the chapter we just read this week chapter 10 which started with a lengthy lengthy menu that made no sense to us until we found out it was somebody's last meal in a prison Prisoner number 6969 at the Big O prison. <laughs> and um, Ms. Vinaigrette. Mercedes Vinaigrette. Mercedes Vinaigrette um, uh, has sex with him again through bars. This guy. So it turns out that this guy is the guy who wrote, is on death row to be beheaded, correct? Yes, yeah. be beheaded. Although, which is so crazy, because basically, basically what comes out in the chapter is that I think Veronica spent, what, seven years and $14 million? Am I getting these numbers right? That's correct. To bust him for selling base, what is, what's the equivalent of like hallucinogenic mushrooms, right? It was like... Cucumber tree bark. Cucumber tree bark. He's on death row for <laughs> <laughs> well, I want, yeah, I wonder if there's a good, like, more to it. I feel like yeah. there's more to it. I feel like he, in chapter 10, he is kind of cringy, like, a kind of cringy. He's on death row, but he reminds me of um, Hannibal Lecter. Mm. In, like, like very smart, yes. manipulative. Yeah. So I feel like there's maybe more to him. Yeah. That's but apparently point. he looks like Peter Dinklage. Yes. And, yeah, he's four foot eleven and looks like Peter Dinklage, and in fact went undercover as Peter Dinklage in Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and the uh, Mercedes Vinaigrette is going to bust him out of the of the prison if he promises that they're boyfriend girlfriend. And she's the prison chef. Yes, that's how you would define her. Yeah, or yeah. cook. She's. I don't think she's finished yeah, her schooling. That's true. She that she is in school. She is in, in but she folds school. and unfolds chef hats, among <laughs> other things. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I then that's where it ended. Well, didn't it end with the reason he wants to get out is to get back to Veronica? Um, for revenge. Revenge, yes, yes yeah. because he really is talking like he could give two craps about her right, right kind of right. breaks my he's, heart he's pissed that she got busted by her yes which breaks my heart because she can't stop thinking about him 
And he's like, Veronica, what's her name? And her dumbass thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so dismissive of her, which is another reason why I think like, ooh, there's something psychotic about mm. this man. Like, who has he killed? Who has he? There's something about him that's off. Yeah. He, but, he and- didn't. He... Oh, no, I was just going to say, he just didn't sell like hallucinogenics. Something's up. I would hope, or or the justice system in this book is is bizarre. Yeah, um, or she knows, or Veronica knows. Maybe maybe it's like she, maybe that is what he's busted for, but he's a lot worse, and maybe she knows that. Mm. And maybe the Russian knows that. We don't know. And he clearly has some magnetic pull to these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Mer- Mercedes too. Yeah, so far, the pe- like Mercedes thinks it's like love at first sight because of him. Yeah, she barfed into her hairnet. When she saw him. When she saw him. Yeah, there was something magnetic about him. Like like Brad Pitt magnetic. Like if you'd see him, your like breath would be taken away because they're so And apparently your food. Yeah. (laughs) That you just consumed. (laughs) Should that be like a new turn of phrase for when you it's like love at first sight, but it's like barf into hairnet? He was so hot, I barfed. <laughs> Make it happen, chapsticks, chapsticks. Start using it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh... Um, well, this is going to be fascinating to see what Rob Janis does with this because he is. Um, he's, well, how would you describe Rob? He's like very um, rational. He's a pretty yeah. rational dude. So it'll be interesting to see where he takes this. Yeah. Um, well, I, bet he, I bet he justifies a lot of stuff. Yeah. And we, we cannot uh, forget that this is the first chapter, this chapter 10 of someone that we don't know that well. Yeah. Which I think is kind of fun. It's fun about it because it's, it's it, it, the reason we're kind of like taken aback by it is because it is, it is in our world, but not. Yes, because, you know, we have not seen Veronica since Chapter 7. She has not made an appearance since Chapter mm-hmm. 7. God, that's crazy. I was just thinking about that. Like, yeah. she, and that's, I think that's why I was hesitant to say, like, our heroine? I mean, she is. It's a, a, ever, The world is revolving around her. Yeah, absolutely. expanding from her. But, yeah, we haven't seen her lately. <sighs> what is she doing, guys? What? What's up? Well, she's Veronica. still at the fair. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I hope she doesn't stay too long at the fair. All happening concurrent. Hope she's riding some rides and getting some cotton candy. Yeah, are those (laughs) well mini donuts? She's there with Dex Water and Carmen played up. So that's a that's a lot. That's two lovers deep. (laughs) That sounds so gross. (laughs) Dude, that was two lovers deep. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) So gross. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Whew. That was a hearty recap. That's a lot. Nice job. Yeah, guys. Good work. Did we miss anything? Is there stuff you want to know more about? Reach out to us and let us know. We wanna we wanna hear what you're thinking. Do you hate the husband as much as we do? <laughs> Are we crazy? Is Dex Wadler sexy in your mind? We or wanna know. Philip. Is Philip sexy in your mind? Absolutely, because clearly he's sexy to a lot of these people. Um, does he have Brad Pitt epic 
<laughs> Magnetism? <laughs> What's in the box? Does he have Betty Davis eyes? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So let us know. But next week we are back on track with Rob Janis and chapter 11. So thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you on Instagram. And we'll see you here. And um, as always, we love you guys. Yeah. Okay, bye. Love you. Bye. Get some sleep, everybody. Unless it's the morning <laughs> when you're listening to this. In which case, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep now, but do get some sleep tonight. And, yeah. uh, don't listen to it in the car if you're sleeping. Oh, my gosh. Please. <laughs> Did we put you to sleep, everybody? Okay, forget that whole sleep thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Drink <laughs> some bye. water. Everybody drink some water. <laughs> bye. Bye, y'all. Thank <laughs> you.